0: guys, welcome back to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I'm your host, Julian Guderle, and today I'm going to start a new series on Green Planet, Blue Planet, a series on Victoria, British Columbia as a tech destination and smart city. In this series, I'll be interviewing local entrepreneurs, startup founders, tech shapers, and policymakers, and also people that simply change the, the framework of our society with the social business that they're running. So tune in and listen to the Victoria BC series here on Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. Today with me is Richard Egley, Managing Director at Alacrity Foundation. And without any further ado, let's jump right into the meat of this conversation. So tell us a little bit more about Victoria, British Columbia as a tech destination. And I mean, you guys here at Alacrity are, are really building that tech destination since years. Um, yeah, how does it look in, in your eyes? Yeah, like I'm I'm very bullish and I've got
1: the long view on Victoria as a as a technology destination and just as a smart city in general. Um, like we look at the the tech sector, and I think the latest stats from and these are a couple of years old, called like a, a 4.5 billion dollar a year industry, which is our largest industry in the city, you know, overtaking tourism and I think even government. So, um, you know, showing that kind of growth. Uh, is, is pretty exciting and we're seeing it on the ground level like we're seeing companies that you know a couple of years ago were, were five or ten people and now they're 50 people yeah. you know and what we're trying to do is understand global demand for what's going on in the technology world so if we have a product that we're trying to, to bring up here in Victoria before we do that we can ask around and say hey like is this something that already exists in Singapore or is this something that might be might be needed uh, so that gives us a bit of a global lens when we're we're looking at, you know, future trends in technology. You know, I've started a few businesses in my day. I've done a fair amount of projects on the, the real estate end as well. And you know, now I'm lucky enough to work with entrepreneurs every day. And uh, we're we're building technology businesses here in, in Victoria, British Columbia. So so Alacrity is a nonprofit. Uh, we've been around since 2009, and the mandate is all around you know uh, increasing entrepreneurship and investment into British Columbia technology companies. So in the early days, we started out by actually building the businesses from scratch. You know we had partnerships with local universities uh, like UVic and over at UBC over in Vancouver, and we were putting together teams of, 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 you know, recent graduates that wanted to become entrepreneurs, um, didn't necessarily know what path they wanted to take with that. So we would come in to mentor and actually find the ideas to work on and assemble the teams and fund them for their first year or year or two, basically. And then, you know, the teams that, that were getting good traction and, you know, the teams that weren't exploding, we were, were able to fund further and, and build some great companies. So we've got uh, seven companies over here in Victoria now and two more in Vancouver that we've been working with, uh, as well as a number of other companies across BC that the foundation has been able to, to touch on through different programs
0: that also, you know, stimulate investment and work with our, our global network. So basically like a startup incubator that, that helps raise funds, but also like mentors uh, businesses into
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like we, we, we work, you know, from the very earliest stages, so we build businesses from scratch we're out there looking and talking to other, other groups and other companies about what problems they have in markets and what's going on. Um, and we actually do this around the world. Like we have, we have locations now uh, spread out through, through Europe, like in, in the UK, in France and Turkey. Um, we've got a new office opening up in India. Uh, we've got Mexico. I'm actually traveling to China tomorrow because we have a, a Shanghai office as well. Um, Singapore, Indonesia. You know, there's a number of areas that we're focusing on, and what we're trying to do is understand global demand for what's going on in the technology world. So, if we have a product that we're trying to to bring up here in Victoria, before we do that, we can ask around and say, "Hey, like, is this something that already exists in Singapore, or is this something that might be might be needed?" Uh, so that gives us a bit of a global lens when we're we're looking at you know future trends in technology. Um,
0: cool. Let's let's talk about you for for a minute here, Richard. How do you like? Just very simply, how do you kick off your days? Like, is there a routine you do? Is there something you you need time for yourself in the morning to get into a zone? Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Sure. Yeah, I uh, I do follow a routine for sure. I you know I, I wake up um, my first half hour or so I'd say is digging through some emails, reading some news. Um, I actually wake up to CBC the radio. I I love just I'm a bit of a news junkie that way, just hearing what's going on around the world. Um, and then, you know, get through anything that's like really, really, uh, pertinent for the moment. And then I kind of get going into, to, to getting the day started. So, you know, get ready. I always make a smoothie. That's like a big part of my day because I don't really like most breakfast foods. So I, uh, I just, you know, do a protein smoothie and then come into the office and it's, it's game time.
0: Nice. So you, you start right away with email and kind of letting the outside world kind of come into you, into your mind. Yeah, and I don't know if that's the best habit to have,
1: but it's, it's how I roll. It's just because, you nice. know, I tend to roll over, and I kind of see the phone, and there's a few emails from back east or anywhere else, and it's like, you know, that stuff has to happen right away, and then it's, uh, you know, on to more of the planning, and, and throughout the rest of the routine, I'm kind of thinking about, you know, my top three priorities of the day, the stuff I want to get done, for sure.
0: Nice. Well, since we're here in Victoria, BC together and we're not on the phone, I can I can see you. So you have this like big smile on your face when you talk about that. So, it is it is really what it feels like. It lights you up, and I think that's really what it's all about. To have like, quote unquote, the best routine is as long as it it lights you up. There's that's perfect, right?
1: Yeah, I I I, like I don't know if I'd consider myself a morning person. Like I do really value sleep, but I always wake up energized. Like I'm ready to roll when I'm when you can ask my girlfriend. She she's a little more relaxed in the morning and sometimes that uh,
0: can create a bit of a clash, especially (laughs) on the weekends. (laughs) Right, right. Well, so you wake up excited for the day. That's amazing. Um, So tell us a little bit more about Victoria, British Columbia as a tech destination. And I mean, you guys here at Alacrity are are really building that tech destination since years. Um, Yeah, how does it look in, in your eyes?
1: Yeah, like I'm, I'm very bullish and I've got the long view on Victoria as a, as a technology destination and just as a smart city in general um, like we look at the, the tech sector and I think the latest stats from and these are a couple of years old call it like a, a 4.5 billion dollar a year industry which is our largest industry in the city you know overtaking tourism and I think even government so um, you know showing that kind of growth, Uh, Is is pretty exciting, and we're seeing it on the ground level. Like we're seeing companies that, you know, a couple years ago were were five or ten people, and now they're fifty people. You know, and I think we're going to see more and more of that. Um, One thing that'll be really important for Victoria's technology future, I feel, is a few anchor tenants. You know, some companies that are two, three, four, five hundred people that are really able to, you know, create a lot of economic value on their own. But also spin out the talent, spin out the experienced You know, managers, technologists. You know, everyone across the span um, that will be wanting to start their own new companies and you know sort of feed the ecosystem back. So you know, overall, like I I think Victoria is an amazing place to live, and a lot of people are attracted here just because of that. Without any you know work intentions whatsoever, but they they normally find something because there's so much activity going on. There's so many great
0: projects to work on here, uh, I think we 're really lucky. right, and I, I, can, I can second that I totally echo that. I mean it, it somehow brought me all the way from Europe over here, and then I realized the tech sector is something that 's growing bigger and bigger, and that 's where people with ideas, people with vision, people with abundance mindset and kind of this ideal to to make the world a, a more connected and a better place hang out and for me personally that 's very attractive yeah, totally Like actually, yesterday,
1: I met a guy named Josh from Bangalore he he moved here less than a week ago. Uh, really skilled programmer. He's built a few products on his own. Big into AI, and he, you know, he, he actually has an uncle who lives in Victoria and an uncle who lives in Edmonton, and you know he was gonna choose Canada. He already knew that, and basically he just showed up here, and in, he's been here for I think a week and a half, and he's already met you know a ton of people in the technology industry. He's been over to to ViTech and he was at one of the parties there, and you know I'm introducing him to new some new people. On our side too, and he's just—he's super—he's so surprised at how open of a community it is, and he's just like ready to hit the ground running. So stuff like that's pretty exciting.
0: And yeah, yeah, absolutely. So where do you see is Victoria? Um, Victoria's like specialization at this point in time in the, within the tech sector, like in a global because you have this global insight, right? You you guys are operating in Europe and also in in Far East. Um, where do we kind of specialize in here in Victoria or? Or are we a, a broad generalist? Uh, we're, we're sort of broad, but I think there's a few things we're really good at um, we we've had
1: a, a a great long history in in performance marketing and ad tech and digital customer acquisition we've you know we've seen a number of these companies come up and you know just create turn into massive cash cows that spin out a lot of great other companies you know and that's been you know very. You know, very enhancing to our scene. It's, it, uh, it's something that we're seeing as more and more important across any company to learn how to to tell their story and to market themselves online is, is is vital. Like we're not seeing you know, people salespeople walking around with briefcases shaking hands with everybody. It's it's shaking hands online. It's it's like how are you getting that 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 impression or that view from someone. So um, I think that's something that we've been really good at traditionally. Um, I think Victoria also is just has always been a, an entrepreneurial kind of place with a lot of artists and a lot of creative people that wanted to live really far west and live on and be crazy enough to live on an island, you know, so I think that's, um, that's sort of diversified our whole tech sector. So we're seeing all kinds of companies across the range, uh, you know, the companies we work with are generally in like security, big data, you know, their software as a service, a little bit of telecom, but you know, it's, it's, it's pretty wide ranging.
0: Totally. I really like what you just said there. It's like you're not walking around with briefcases anymore and shaking hands. And that goes for like private life as well as for the the business realities we live now. It's like a digital imprint we leave on each other even before we meet, right? Like how often does it happen that you meet someone on Facebook or another platform before you actually meet them in real person and you're like, yeah, right, I saw your profile the other day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or LinkedIn. Like before you sit down with someone, it's like, oh, just check them out, see where they you know, see where your histories or their paths may have crossed. or Yeah, LinkedIn you know, recently like actually
0: introduced a feature, I believe, where like if it, if you allow it access to your calendar, it will tell you, oh, you're you're meeting Richard Agley in 10 minutes. Make sure to yeah. check out his profile before you see him.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I guess, you know, one side of that is a little scary <laughs> and it, it it like gets rid of a bit of the, of the curiosity and the mystery a little bit. So that, that side can be a little worrying, I think, but the other side is you've just got so much more information to, to work with. Um, the one place that I hope that that doesn't, you know, trickle down too far and I'm worried it's already happening is into, into like our like kids, you know, we look at the young people in our society now and the amount of time that they're kind of glued to their mobile devices. That's, that's something that I'm a little worried about because I noticed with the, you know, newer generations, they're not able to sort of talk one-on-one and look you in the eye and, you know, negotiate a situation because they're just, it's, it's like, if it's not you know, instant messaging or, or posting a picture, it, like, it doesn't, doesn't really compute as well. So I hope that's something we don't lose you know,
0: as a society. Not to go too far on a tangent. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> a super interesting topic, and I think it's, it's worth exploring actually, because you know, I, I, I'd agree with you on that. There is certainly a complete different air around digital natives and the way they interact um, with each other and also throughout the generations. I'm, I'm a millennial myself, I was born in 87, um, so I feel like my generation um, very much is is like that bridge between the generations. I, I think I had a Game Boy when I was eight, yeah. you know. So I like, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember yeah, how it was totally. to just play outside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Game Boy and a Game Gear from Sega. <laughs> no <laughs> Sega for me. It was a uh, PlayStation right away, and all the way through. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What yeah. did What did you play Sega? Uh,
1: we had yeah. I did. we wasn't huge into gaming, but we did. We had a I think well we we had a Nintendo like an eight bit Nintendo yeah. the original one. Because uh, I remember that was a huge deal. We didn't know what it was. My grandparents got a first first (laughs) one year, and we all came downstairs and they surprised us and and they're like, we got you a Nintendo. And we're like, what's that? (laughs) You know, like, wow. yeah, I was born in 82, right? So it was, you know, I think we got that device in like 1990. So it was pretty cutting edge at the time. Wow. So we had that and then we had a Sega Genesis and then we had a, a Sega Game Gear. Which I don't think anyone else in the world had, but just because it was not because it was exclusive, just because it's like didn't sell that well.
0: Well, and and that's how the early the early years were, right? Like we were just kind of exploring and playing around a bit and seeing is that even fun, is it even worth spending our time? And I I even remember my, my, my dad in the in the mid '90s in Germany, he um, opened an internet cafe within the bank he worked in, and everybody said he's crazy. Why is he wasting his time on that? And yeah. five years later, the whole world was like, internet, internet, internet. So, oh, yeah.
1: So cutting edge. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, really,
0: it's really hard to tell that. Maybe to bring that into the now, um, how do you see blockchain, cryptocurrencies, and all that kind of play a role, maybe at large, and then also specifically for an industry like the, the tech scene here in Victoria?
1: Well, at large, I mean, it's, we've, as we've seen in the last year, like, it's a hyper-powerful technology that you know, has a lot of hype and a lot of, you know, dollars behind it right now. Um, I think it's interesting because, like, people talk about, you know, six billion or trillion or, you know, all the dollar figures of, of what's trading right now on, on the different, different blockchains and coins. But it's, um, a lot of that money, I think, was created within the product. So a lot of people that, you know, they're <clears throat> investing in the new projects, they're sort of playing with the house's money at this point. You know, and they're the ones that are on top of all the, you know, they're on the new trends. They're understanding what's going on, um, so that's why we see big dollar figures get announced. You know, on all the, the latest ICOs and that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think it is it, it it's probably something that's you know in in its infancy still, and it's I think it's going to be a part of our technology forever. Like it, you know, the, the blockchain itself is is imme- immensely powerful as a technology. Um, I think it'll be interesting. Interesting to see how the the markets sort of tame themselves and, and sort of normalize with with more adoption from outside people. Because like you ask a lot of you know retail investors right now what you know what their blockchain outlook is and they're just like block what you know totally
0: so it's very early right that's how it we is very went early, from yeah. Sega and Nintendo into blockchain because it's almost like. Asking someone in the '90s what what's a Nintendo and yeah exactly. probably very few people actually had one right yeah exactly so I do think that you know some some
1: of the valuations are a little high right now um, but uh, I think it's going to be relevant you know going forward so I think it is important and I think Victoria's got a lot of people working on some cool projects so totally and and maybe it's not a pure play on an individual coin but it's like you know platforms that people are able to use and and that'll be spanned across multiple you know, different, pro- different projects.
0: Interesting, yeah. I, for me personally, it gets really exciting when I look into the possibilities that can be created around uh, digital identities and, and decentralized identities. Um, being an immigrant to Canada, right, and, and having kind of lived, lived all around the world for the last decade and a half, I often have dreamt of, like, what would it actually mean to be a global citizen, like truly yeah. a global citizen, so yeah. that everyone has has kind of that access and this power. and in my in my dreamer's mind, I feel like the blockchain might very well be what, what makes it possible. Um, I don't know. What yeah, do you I see think? That going? Well you
1: look at um, it's in Estonia, I think, where yeah. they've you know, they've they've committed to a, a very blockchain centric, uh, central government identification system. So I think it's every citizen, you know, everything from your your care card records, to your driving license history, to even into some of your currency and banking is all put together on one, you know, one individual, call it a, a card or your own unique identity mm-hmm. identifier. right? And so the, I think they're looking at the, the future where you know, they'll, they'll probably be in some kind of a network with some other countries that want to adopt that. And it'll create a lot of efficiency you know, across the board. It's always, I think it's going to be hard, though, and challenging to, to bring countries together and have them agree on what rules happen around, you know, duty and taxes and tariffs and, you know, free trade and those kinds of issues. Um, but I think what usually will happen, what happens is that the technology is far forward or so far forward that the governments are trying to catch up, you know, and make the regulations after the fact because, it, you know, you can't stop
0: the the, the growth and the speed of the technology. Totally. Yeah, it's a a super interesting territory and I think at at this point in 2017 it's very hard for any of us to truly predict what's going to happen. Um, I have this gut feeling that the moment that machine learning or automated um, machine learning and, and artificial intelligence kind of merges with the blockchain, there's going to be a complete new ballpark of possibilities that well hopefully kind of escapes the human mind because the human mind is, is very, very linear in some ways, right? Like, as you said, governments yeah. are trying to regulate things, but, but often technology is actually five steps ahead to create even more if we, if we dare to, right? Yeah, it's going to be exciting. That, uh, yeah. that, let me ask you a completely out-of-the-blue question. If you had $1 billion tomorrow, would what? you invest it into space and space travel or planet Earth and cleaning up planet Earth? Whoa, interesting
1: question. Uh, can, you, uh, can you allocate... Some to one and some to another. It's your billion dollars, shit. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> okay, because I, I think that you know, yeah, I, I think I'd probably land somewhere 50-50 with it. I mean, there's so many issues that are that we're learning more about uh, as a society here on planet Earth. that obviously need attention. You know, like you, you always you hear new you know news stories all the time about like what's going on with plastic in, mm-hmm. in our waters, you know, um, with what's of course going on with just climate change in general and all the effects of that. Like, I think if we don't focus on it, it you know, it's just, we're going to wreck it. You know, I, I was watching that Blade Runner movie, Yes. Yeah, you that, know, yeah. earlier in the week and it's like, we, I don't want that to be our future, like a future where there's no trees. That's just, that's insane to me. You know we live in an area we're lucky enough to live in an area that's you know has boundless nature yeah and and to think of that destroyed it's just it's disgusting like and you know it, as someone who, who wants to have a family and have future generations it's like I I, I want that I need them to be able to see you know things that we can experience now so so I think yeah there's, there's definitely major investments I think people like Bill Gates are really focused on this too you know clean water and and, and the like to to try and you know kind of halt where we're at or figure out ways to uh, alleviate more of the damage that we're, we're probably about to, to to cause um that's i think the whole space exploration side um space industry like 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 mining and you know new growth and new colonies i think that's super interesting
0: again well. for every, everyone who was listening i wish you could see it because there's a smile that just appeared on his face again <laughs> like, well, it's, yeah, exciting. It's, it's exciting right super yeah. exciting yeah you it's know, like, like the new frontiers of, of the of the human exploration man. exactly like you know if it was centuries ago when, when people were crossing
1: the atlantic for the first time it's like we'll be crossing you know some universe so and i and i, I do believe that's going to happen i don't know if it's fully within our lifetimes,
0: you know, probably like, it's starting to look like it, right? I mean, we just heard the announcement 2022 is the very uh, ambitious goal to land the first um, unmanned um, rockets on Mars. Yeah. So that's like five years from now. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And who knows what, like, maybe we'll have some, some cool, you know, technological innovations that just kind of leapfrog where we're at right now, as far as a lot of those, you know, industries. So, um, yeah, no, I, uh, I'm hundred percent on board to to explore and, and see what's out there uh, it's also the the pace we're going through you know natural materials uh, and metals it looks like it's something where we have to be focused on um, you know asteroid mining those types of, of activities are are pretty much inevitable I think
0: totally yeah a, um, it is coming up more and more as a topic the more I venture out in, into these these realms myself and ask those questions also here within the Victoria Tech uh, Seen, I I know a couple of people that talk about that as like a dream to be part of, right? Yeah. Um, it it seems, it seems funny to a lot of people that are that are not so much um aligned with where technology already is. I think, what I'm hearing is also this criticism of society being like, well, here we go, we colonialized continents, and kind of destroyed the natural beauty that was there, mm-hmm. and are still working on reconciliation and and really. Unifying humanity in that sense, because we're not truly there, and yet we're we're still thinking of going to the next place without even having understood who we truly are. But let, what comes up for you when you when you hear that? You want to think that everything we're gonna do is is positive, and people all have the right intentions
1: and you know the right motivations. But the truth is that's not the case, and throughout history we've we've seen that, right? So you know, hopefully on something like international space travel and colonization you know, we have some some decent groups that are collaborating together with, you know, like minded individuals that, that see a, a positive future for it, right? Um it's but but, you know, we don't have that much control over it, I don't think.
0: Well and it's also like um it's tricky. I totally agree with you. It's a hard topic and and and, and certainly something where being politically correct is, is sometimes difficult because we all have our own opinions, our own perspectives, the way we kind of were brought up, the way we're seeing the world, right? And at the same time, yeah, we all want to, the people I talk to all want to be really positive and look for positive outcomes. Yet I don't think there's anything that ever happens that doesn't have a positive and a negative repercussion. Yeah, and it, and it looks like, you know, a lot of this is
1: gonna be funded privately as well. So you've got, you know, you, you can look at it two ways. You either have a lot more control or a lot less control as a, as a society,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on on who's in, in in charge of that checkbook. Interesting. And talking of private funding, do you do you see that the realm of biotechnology and longevity have have entered the sphere of Victoria yet? It hasn't hasn't crossed my desk, but we don't do a
1: lot of life science work, right. you know. Uh, so it's it's yeah, it's not
0: something that I've been been approached with here locally yet. Yeah, because that's also one of those that, because um, I think that's kind of where. I th- our conversation um, is kind of edging and and then going towards it in in these topics we're touching is like there's a lot of excitement right technology space exploration artificial intelligence blockchain and then there's also the other side of it the the Blade Runner vision of fear the the nightmare of like well what if we F that up like what if we actually um, create something that's kicking us out of complete balance and Life sciences and longevity, I think, are one of those topics where, yeah, I have no idea where that's going to take us. You know, I, I think everyone's living longer and longer, and
1: that's, that's going to continue. Um, but when you look at stuff, you know, maybe crowd freezing or something like that, I think that's kind of cool. Like, it, you know, near end of life to, to be able to preserve yourself until at some point in the future you'd be able to be re- revitalized, right? Like that, you know, I think that's interesting. Uh, it's very
0: science fiction. Yeah. But it's it's totally interesting. I agree. Yeah. Well, and science fiction uh,
1: oftentimes it has become reality, right? So I think we have to be, you know, open and, and ready to,
0: to look at those. Cool. Well, thanks for venturing out into this like uncharted territory because I know it, it's hard to to go to these places and and really already know cuz none of us really truly know us. Bringing it back into this room though. I'm I'm looking at this beautiful little fish tank here. You have a um um a pet in the office. His name is Rufus. It's true. How how did Rufus find you? And who is Rufus? Uh, Rufus is a he's a a, a Chinese
1: betta fish. Uh, he's been around for almost two years. He actually oh, wow. was a, a Christmas gift two years ago from from someone else I work with uh, at the office and. He he's just a survivor. Like these, these I don't think these fish <laughs> last that long always. But he just pulls through. Uh, well, maybe you know. treat him that well. Yeah, I hope so. He's a he's a pretty active guy. He's got his little uh, bamboo hammock that he has a little nap on nice. oftentimes throughout the day, and you know he loves to greet visitors and just just hang out. It's a great guy.
0: Cool. The reason why I bring up Rufus is because I, I <laughs> you beta fish. Um, I see that you guys have created quite the unique office space, there's like a gondola um, in here that's a meeting room, there's a helicopter in here that's a meeting room, there's an, an alpine theme going on. How do you, for yourself and then for others, how do you set up spaces and, and kind of um, an overall environment that it's, it doesn't feel like work but it feels like play? Well,
1: yeah, that, that's, that's what it's all about, that's the intention, you know? Because you're, you're, when you think about it, uh, when we're competing for talent here, we're competing against other areas like Silicon Valley where the their companies are much more funded, you know, at you know, so and they have much more scale to do things. So we have to be a little bit more crafty about it when we're working on something. But we also have to be able to compare and be able to, you know, offer something that's, that's interesting. Um, in our space here, you know, it's, it's a lot of open office area, so it can get kind of noisy. So if you need to be able to work on your own or take a phone call or something like that, you know, it's closed off spaces like the the helicopter and the gondola work great for that mm-hmm. it's just that takes a little more thought than just building a square box in the middle of the room and calling it a phone booth right it also serves for a much better story though yeah yeah it is it's more <laughs> fun like these these gondolas came from from whistler you know they were the village gondola system that was up there uh the helicopter was from oceans 13 like al pacino was in the helicopter in in that film a few years ago.
0: They were just like, hey, we don't need it anymore. We've done this movie now.
1: Yeah, it was really hard to find. Uh, We were looking around for, because we started the Alpine theme and we're like, okay, skiing, helicopters, like totally makes sense. Uh, And they have a nice, you know, the fuselage is a nice area for you to to be able to to hang out in the back. Um, And we were looking around and everything was like 500 grand, a million dollars for a helicopter body. And we're like, obviously we can't pay for that. So... We, we started looking to some salvage areas and actually salvage from the salvage of the movie industry is some of the cheapest stuff on the planet. So, you know, this thing was a, was, you know, a tiny fraction of, of those prices but still, you know, does the job and, and looks kind of cool. Um, we almost could, it, actually, it came from the States and we almost couldn't get across the border because they w- didn't believe the price. It was like ten or $15,000 that we paid for it, yeah. and they wouldn't believe that that's all it was worth. They, they said, well, we need proof, we need documents, and all this stuff, so we're like, okay, here it is. So eventually, it got here, um, and just fit in with a half inch of clearance through our, our front doors, so that was also a bit <laughs> tricky, but it all worked out. Well, it is a pretty massive, massive helicopter. <laughs> yeah, it's not small.
0: Yeah, I, I, th- I find it funny, because you were saying earlier, um, like, we're not walking around in briefcases uh, and shaking hands necessarily, so a story like, hey, I work in the office where we have the helicopter, that travels in a town like Victoria a lot faster than, than a lot of other stories, actually.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it it also it started with, um, well, so my chairman, Owen Matthews, uh, who's in the office next door, he, uh, he got a couple vehicles for the, the Vancouver Street office we have up the, str- up the street here, just two blocks away. And that was, a, 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 like, a 70s bowler trailer and an old VW van. And, you know, his reasoning behind it at the time was people wanted, like, five or $10,000 per phone booth for, like, old-school-looking actual phone booths. Mm. And that was, like, the same price as these vehicles were. And they also created, like, a division in the space and, you know, created a bit of a, a vibe. Like, that one's more of, like, surfing, camping, you know, nice. that kind of scene. So it's, uh, you know, it kept, sort of came from from function
0: and, and form yeah you know? nice and that kind of serves to to maybe enter that mindset of, of play and, and totally 100% yeah. that's
1: also why you know we do we, we do Costco and food runs all the time so there's you know like well stocked cupboards and kitchens and stuff so when people are around here and just want to hang out it's like oh or if you want to work late like you got what you need here you know nice. like make it inviting and, and an easy atmosphere to work in that's the key because to us like like, culture is, is the most important thing that we can, you know, sort of create and, and help drive on our side. You know, like, we're, we're investing in these companies and working with them, but we're not directly in them. So if we can instill those kinds of values to, to bring in people that are open and let ideas be shared, that's, like, you know, one of the, the greatest assets we can, we can offer.
0: And I, I totally agree. I um, work with a collective called Conscious Thought Revolution, we're also a tech media and investment company here in in Victoria, BC, and it's the culture that actually attracted me to that. Yeah. Because I, I literally met these guys at a, um, back then it was only men that worked there, and I met them at a men's summit uh, up in Whistler, actually. Okay. And I, I was there by myself, um, and I knew of the company, and then they were all there, and I'm like, well, how do you, like what, you're all here? And it, it really made an impression on me, because I realized that, culture and kind of personal growth and well-being was something that was like a a pillar to the work ethic there
1: yeah yeah for sure like we when we're looking at bringing people in it's like you, you know there are certain skills that you need to be able to check off and you have to be able to do the job but a lot of that you can learn like that's that's not impossible it's very hard to learn you know to how to fit in and get along with the people around you so that we feel has to kind of sort of happened from the beginning mm-hmm. um, and then it's about maintaining it so it's about spending time with with everyone and and doing fun activities and you know making sure everyone feels like they're empowered to make decisions and that, that you know they're not afraid to, to say what they believe because that's
0: when you're gonna get some of the best ideas right. you know for cool. sure well tell us a little bit more about what you then rich like what do you do for like your body mind and spirit balance And I know you do, because we, 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 we <laughs> yeah. work out together sometimes, we, we play true. soccer together sometimes, right? We yeah, and I'm to trying to do on. more and more
1: of that, like yeah. I all, a bit, but I've been saying that for like five years, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I've been trying to work out more and trying to, you know, be more healthy, like, um, definitely, I've been a little more conscious in the last year or so about about what I'm eating, like I'm trying to, you know, with my partner, we're trying to cook more, um, and we're just trying to like eat better foods and, and think about that. Uh, more directly uh, and then just exercise like I just I want to be active you know mm-hmm. I'm in offices and boardrooms and on calls a lot of the days so I need to like be able to run around and, and do crazy things when when uh, I'm not um, another thing I've been doing in the last year is is some sailing I did a couple okay. courses over the summer and that's been so fun like that's just like you know and I think we're we're pretty spoiled to be around so much fresh ocean water here well fresh air and ocean water Freshier, is like exactly. what, what makes this island right yeah exactly and like so to spend more time on it from a different perspective has been really cool and you know that, that can get exciting at times there's a lot of wind that that pops up especially
0: when you're a, a beginner
1: so <laughs> yeah we've been through a bit of that
0: and you're also the recent owner of a, a new sailboat as i heard it's true. We uh, a buddy of
1: mine, Andrew, and I. We we bought a sailboat at auction, and it was fifty dollars. So we
0: still think that's unbelievable.
1: <laughs> we're we're pretty excited. Uh, you know, I think everything a lot of things happen for a reason. You know, yeah. so we, we just showed up, and it, it happened to, to work out. So we're going to be you know fixing that up over the winter, and, and getting it uh, getting the
0: ready sale. sail. Nice. So how do you like stay crisp and clear in your mind? When you have such long days, like office and boardrooms and traveling to China, is that something that just comes supernatural to you, or um, because I know personally for myself, if I don't move, if I don't go for a run or go surfing, um, yeah, it's harder to actually be clear in my mind.
1: Yeah, no, it it's the same for me. Like I I I need to have activity happening around me. That's like that that's core. So. I, I try and do things like take walking meetings anytime I can with, with people, if it if it makes sense. Or if I'm going to jump on a phone call or just put a headset on and, you know, go for a walk outside, that's, that's helpful. Um, but there are a lot of long days. It's just, it's like, but when you're excited about what you're working on, it doesn't matter as much. And it's also, you know, sometimes it'll feel like I'm doing physical activity. Like I'll be totally fatigued at the end of the day. But it's because I've just been... You know, concentrating or 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 you know, working at something really closely and passionately, um, but yeah, it's a hard balance to maintain. I don't. I uh, if someone has some, you know, silver bullet answers,
0: I, I I'd love to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, please please uh, contact us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally. think that's that's honestly that's the the more interviews I I'm uh, conducting and the more like people I listen to. I don't think they are the right answers out there personally you know it's it's part of the illusion we 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 try to create the norm right we try to create the one right answer the one right diet and i think it really truly comes back down to the individual yeah what works for you and then the word balance in itself kind of implies movement right because you can't be balanced in aesthetic space like balance means you're actually always on a scale that's like a little bit more body a little bit more mind and right now i just got to go into the forest and be with my spirit you know yeah, yeah, totally.
1: And I think you have to listen to yourself through those times. Like, there's times when I've, you know, thought I've been like, hey, like, I'm I'm missing something. Like, I'm getting, you know, weird sort of headaches starting at, like, 3 or 4 p.m. on a daily basis. And like, hey, you haven't been exercising mm. that much in the last three weeks or a month, right? Like, and then you change that and you're like, wow, I feel energized. I'm, you know, back on it. So it's it's, you know, and, and I think it's hard to, like, just take time away to think about, you know how are you doing or how are you feeling personally, but it's so important. And you know I I want to keep getting better at it. Beautiful. Do you do you meditate? I don't. No, I never have. I. Uh, it sounds really interesting.
0: Uh, <laughs> so. But just because what you're saying, like spending time with your with your own with yourself, um, in a way or other, is kind of like meditation, right? I guess. Yeah. I, like I said, I've never done it, so I don't know. Yes, well, maybe we should start. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm open to it, for sure. <laughs> I have three more questions for you, Rich, sure. uh, before we, we, we wrap up. Uh, the first one is, what are you reading
1: right now? I'm reading a book called The Hard Thing About Hard Things. It's by Ben, <laughs> ben Horowitz. Uh, he's a, a, a venture capital investor out of California that's built some pretty amazing businesses over the years. Uh, and now he, was, he tried to distill a lot of that down into a, into a book of some of his learnings over, over time. So that's kind of cool because it's, it's about, a lot of things about, like, company growth and how do you deal with, you know, having to bring on large teams and, and scaling up up your business.
0: Another question. If, if you had an apprentice in your field, what would be kind of, like, the three main lessons you'd pass on to that person?
1: Hmm. Well, the first would be, you know, you've got to work hard. Nothing comes easily. There's no, sure, like, there, sure, there are some shortcuts, and there's, like, ways to work smart instead of just working hard and working more, but you, you've got to be able to commit to putting the time in and, and taking care of what's at hand, right? So that's, like, that's like number one. Um, the other one is just being honest. Like, even when you make mistakes, it's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. And the quicker that you're able to identify that mistake and, and you know, figure out a cool way to you know, alleviate it or, or a different path for it, that's where, you know, that, I think that separates a lot of people. Because some people, they'll bask in the, in the, the sorrow. or sort of. they're like, like oh no, I screwed this up and I don't know how to explain it to anyone. Just, just say, just like, hey, and then, and then we move on and we get to a, a way better outcome, right? So, so just being honest around that and being just a loyal and honest person in general. I think it's so important in, in, in my work, especially, uh, and just in business in, in general and in life in general, like when you're in any relationship, you know? Um, so yeah, I think hard work, um, honesty and loyalty, um, and also your, your attitude, like an attitude of wanting to, 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 to do it. The actual term alacrity means cheerful eagerness and readiness, you know? And it's all about you know that's the task that needs to do it, okay, I want to do it, let's go and then get on to the next one, right like having that sort of attitude, and I don't know if that's something you can necessarily learn as a skill, but you can probably improve everyone can right um is is just it's it's vital it's like it's the difference between getting a lot done and
0: and like and not <laughs> right totally yeah wow yeah that that's certainly three very valuable points, um, alacrity, the cheerful eagerness. Yeah, eager readiness. Readiness to, yeah, get, like things to, to get things done. Yeah, wanting to get tasks
1: done and like just a good
0: attitude throughout. It's funny because what comes up for me when you say that is every time I see you, you have this cheerful attitude around you and you're like, so what's up? What are we, what are we gonna do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like that's awesome. I'm happy, I've been, you know, I'm
1: super grateful. I've been, I've been really, I've, I believe in luck. And I've been really lucky, but I find that the harder I work, the luckier I get, you know? Interesting. So I think that's like an old Thomas Jefferson quote or something.
0: The harder I work, the luckier I get. But I totally believe in it. Interesting. I, 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 like, I like where that like almost contradicts itself, because you just said, uh, work hard because nothing comes easy, but you believe in luck. And yeah. for me, I, uh, I have like 50% uh, linear brain and 50% creative brain. I like when things contradict themselves. I feel like that's often where the gold is, you know? Because um, you're right, like, for me, I think <clears throat> things can come really easy because I believe in luck as well. However, though, hard work and willingness and eagerness are absolutely key in life. You vital. just, you open so many more doors. You've got yeah. so many more potential opportunities
1: to go the right way that, you know, it, it, that's, that's why it makes sense. Totally.
0: Well, and here's my last question to you. And this is kind of more a visionary question, which actually had me start this podcast in the first place. Because I'm really, really interested. What do people see um, this shared humanity, this planet, turn into? And, and here's the question. If we had a 200-year vision as planet Earth, we meaning humanity, what would yours look like? What would you envision for planet Earth and the human species for the next 200 years? Well, are you saying
1: where do I think it's going to go or where do I want to see it go?
0: Maybe a little bit of both.
1: Okay. Well, I think there's a, a bit of a, uh, a divide there because where I want to see it go is I want to see more collaboration, you know, and I want to see more uh, just countries and cultures and people getting along. Like, that's why I love living in Canada because I feel like we've created a bit of that. We have, you know, a very immigrant population here and it's so beneficial to us on so many levels. And I, I hope that the world can move in a direction like that. But I think in the last couple of years, we're seeing some of the opposite occur. Like we're seeing globalization uh, decline in ways. And you're seeing this more populist movement where people want to put up put up walls and, and, and you know, be, yeah, you know, like divisive and, 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 you know, not work together and I just don't believe in that like I just it doesn't it doesn't compute to me mm-hmm. and so I have a lot of trouble with that um, so I think if we can find more ways to connect with each other we're, we're going to find a better path and I think as humans we, we often do it seems like we do dumb things and then we smarten up a bit then we do really dumb things then we smarten up a bit so I'm hoping that we're just as a whole and kind of like a partly dumb thing area right now, and we're going to smarten up.
0: I like that. I like that. Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of coming back to what you said earlier. Failure and, and, and doing mistakes is part of the human journey. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's more how fast can we learn and smarten up.
1: Yeah, and sometimes I think you have to sort of hit sort of rock bottom or get low before you can really like open up and, and, and you know, rise above.
0: So on the, on the long, long time scale, and that's why I'm asking this question, right, because I feel like the moment we leave with the territory of 10, 20 years in the future, um, that kind of alleviates the pressure of immediate politics, because they, they can be nuts, as, as, we, mm-hmm. as, we, as, we, as we are observing. Um, so 50, 100 years, 200 years into the future, do, do you reckon, like, uh, big scale collaboration or synergy is, is something that might just be so much more of our natural I hope so. I think that would be
1: excellent. I think that's that that you know, I think that would let us prosper as a as the human race more so than if we go the direction of oh no, we want to you know, circle off into small little you know, subcultures and 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 you know, close doors. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I truly believe that. Cool. Well, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? anyone that's interested in you know technology uh in in victoria i'm happy for people to reach out uh on the alacrity side um we're also doing some interesting stuff on the real estate side so you know we're looking at at new office buildings and and potentials there so i mean cool i'm just happy to connect with people who want to want to do interesting things here in town
0: nice where would people find you here at 8384th street, 8384th street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a big red building yeah uh the summit building if or you're not uh, in victoria fly to victoria find us on Eight Three Eight Four street <laughs> yeah or we can post something in the show notes some kind of contact or, yeah, or okay. something like that as well for sure sweet well rich thank you so much for taking the
1: time and uh, for being on the show thank you very much it was it was enjoyable
0: you also enjoyed this episode if you did make sure to subscribe on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can also find us on facebook there's regular facebook lives i'm hosting the name of the page is green planet blue planet podcast make sure to click the like button there or if you're really intrigued and you want to join the conversation find the facebook group to be part of a regular community conversation green planet blue planet podcast community is the name of that wherever you are in the world put on a smile enjoy your day Thank you